Civil Group, Real Estate and Ramblings, Episode 8. Spring Market, everybody. Here we come. Hello, Michael. Hello, Jennifer. <laughs> it's kind of nice being in our quiet podcast room, isn't it, where no one can bother us for like an hour? Mm, yeah, not really. Whatever. I mean, I feel like everybody's been, uh, we, all we've been doing is answering emails and texts for True. like months and at desks and going to see houses kind of nonstop. My feet hurt. <laughs> yeah, your feet hurt. They do. Well, Jason's still in here. <coughs> so Jason Jason's, gets to bother us. Yeah, he gets to bother us. He's still in here. Our sound guru. What gener generation are you, Jason? No, like, I'm like the 90s. <laughs> Say hi to everyone, Jason. How's it going, people? So um, I opened up with one of my favorite uh, Grateful Dead tunes. Here comes the sunshine, but that was by the band Real Estate. Was it? Yeah, look at that. Did you know about it before you chose it, or did it happen in your search when you looked for the song? You, there's no way you knew who Real Estate was. So here comes no way. So here comes sunshine. Here comes sunshine by Real Estate is on a compilation called Day of the Dead. And on that album, um, Day of the Dead, there's, I think the War on Drugs is on there. But yeah. there's no way you heard of a group called Real Estate before you pulled up the compilation looking for the song? No, I knew they were on there. Yeah, right. I did. I should call you what Emily tells me is the best word to call you, but I'm not going to. What's that? Nothing. So, Go ahead. So Day of the Dead. Yeah, Touch of Grey is done by Philly Favorites, The War on Drugs. Ah, nice. And so anyway, yeah. And Sugary, so anyway, this was... Candy Game, Candy the Man band by Real Jim Estate. Shane's, yeah. Interesting. Bruce Hornsby's on there. Really, they, really good way to start episode eight of our podcast about the spring market. Peggy O does the National, or the National does Peggy O. Oh, nice. Well, I yeah. like him. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to... Him? I know you tell it's me a it's a band, but I like the guy. Oh, okay. I know it's a band. Anyway, for those of you guys that are new to my to, new to my podcast, oh, it's your podcast. Now? Great. Podcast. Those of you and that Jennifer's are new to our podcast, podcast my name is Jennifer Ranella, and I'm Michael Civil. Anyway, Michael, there is so much to talk about in our first episode of 2024. Yippee! Rates are coming down, right? The economy is chugging along with inflation slowing and unemployment staying low. And the silver tsunami is said to be starting. Inventory is picking up, and it's an election year. A silver what? Yeah, Michael, the silver tsunami. It's a real estate term, and it's new to me, too. Uh, while I was researching for this episode, which everybody, I do all the research. So I was researching, reading articles, and Someone I grabbed me my mini... Violin, please. <laughs> I was researching and I came up with this is a trend for 2024. Economists are calling it the silver tsunami. And have you heard of that before? No, it's the first. Do you know what it is or would you like me to explain it? Oh, please, Jennifer, explain. Interestingly, baby boomers hold the largest amount of real estate in the U.S. or really the world. But in the U.S., they owe they own eighteen trillion dollars worth of real estate. Baby oh, boomers. That's it, according to Fortune magazine. Yes, eighteen. I thought that was a lot. They're 
holding on to their homes longer, staying active longer, living healthier lifestyles, and of course, sitting on their very, very low interest rates with their current mortgage, if they have a mortgage, right? So economists are saying that this will be changing this year and they will be adding to the much needed inventory woes of young buyers. So here it is. Here's the hoping we're gonna be riding a silver tsunami this year and next. Why is it gonna be changing this year, Jennifer? Because I think, um, I think that people have been sitting in their houses longer. I think some of that had to do with the pandemic as well. And so now everybody's out and about and ready to experience traveling and not be kind of handcuffed to a larger home. But don't you think with all those 2 and 3% interest rates that they're going to be hard-pressed to downsize in a competitive market for less money but at a higher rate? Well, we're jumping ahead, but most of those sellers have secondary homes by now whether they bought them in 2020 or earlier than that. And we're seeing them, you and I, move into their secondary homes for periods of time, and they feel like they could be more flexible and do that now. Or they want to be closer to grandchildren or well, other family. Right, or right, exactly. So, Michael, as I keep you focused, where are we going with all of this? Well, Jennifer, if your silver tsunami forecast is correct, that would mean that there's going to be more houses on the market this year. Well, to be clear, economists, silver tsunami. I just researched it. And no, I'm basically, I think all year I'm going to refer back I'm to this sure podcast you and your um, calling of a silver tsunami. I'm sure you will. It's not my flowing locks. <laughs> <laughs> but what does it mean, Michael? What are we getting to here with our episode eight and getting ready to list? Well, Jennifer, I mean, here we are, week three of January. We've been on how many listing appointments? I mean, Half some... Half dozen, a little more, right? Yep. Some of them with sellers that we met with as far back as 2018 that are now ready to potentially put their houses on the market. You know, time to move on to greener pastures, the next chapter, or whatever it is they want to do. Yes, tired of maintaining homes. Yeah, so maybe your silver tsunami prediction will in fact happen and if that is does happen then yes it probably would be a very good time to buy because hopefully there'll be more inventory right my silver tsunami prediction i think we got to go to the cards maybe after this and let them determine it i think um this podcast should be called jennifer's silver <laughs> tsunami prediction we are also noticing that these homeowners are once again not wanting to maintain these larger homes don't you think and they want to well, kids are off of college they're actually real empty nesters because they're no longer hanging out after the pandemic kids have moved on and it seems like they want to spend more time in their secondary homes. It feels like they're no longer thinking they need to stay put. I mean, I would liken that a lot to the pandemic being behind us for the most part and contributing to that feeling, don't you think? Correct. <laughs> um, I mean, this time of year, our, our spring market traditionally starts, what do we usually say? Kicks off Super Bowl Sunday. Right? Two weeks away. Big weekend. Go Ravens. Go go Colts. Who you got, Jen? Not the Ravens. Oh, really? I hate Baltimore. You're you like Travis Swift. I like the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Boo. I always have. Yeah. 
growing up with Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, I am always, they've always been my secondary team. Of course, secondary to my New York Giants. <laughs> but can you focus? Because we're talking to everybody about listing their house. So it traditionally starts around Super Bowl We always Sunday. say it kind of starts it, around Super Bowl you know, Sunday. It, it varies depending upon the weather, although we haven't had many blizzards lately. So we've kind of been rocking and rolling 12 months of the year. But typically, Super Bowl Sunday, we kind of say is the kickoff of the spring. And then we say, yeah, we haven't had to for many years, but we used to say if we get a ton of snow and ice, and if it's just darker days, longer, and much more, much colder and more snow, that that usually pushes you towards the end of September into the, I mean, sorry, end of February into the beginning of March. Or conversely, sometimes we have a very mild winter and sometimes we start beginning of February, end of January. I mean, it just really depends. It's when people are getting out and we feel like they're starting to. So it's a good time of year, Jen, when they're calling us this early to to what? To get ready. And usually right around now is when we're really starting to amp up and we are getting people ready saying you have to be ready within about a month to six weeks from now. Right, Michael? That brings us back to our previous podcast. Very, very previous. Was that like number two? I don't remember which one it was. thought you memorized these. I just write them. <laughs> womp, womp. So that brings us back to the three Ps. And what are the three Ps, Jennifer? Price. Well, really, in order. Fo- prep, photos, price. Really messed that one up, didn't I you? I did. You prep, photos, price. Prep, photos, price. The yes. three Ps. I don't usually have an order to them, but prep, photos, price. And they're all equally important. Even in today's lightning fast market. Very much so. Very much so. I mean, I think now more than ever, we need to be, we need these houses prepped and they need to be photo ready. I think buyers are scrutinizing houses a lot online and we need to get people in the door. And yes, the price will set the expectation, but being ready and taking these next six weeks to get ready is really important. Right? Correctamundo. <laughs> the more eyes, the more eyes that you can get into the house or traffic, the more momentum we can get in those first two weeks. I, that's integral to the successful listing of the house. And Jennifer, the other very important P in the conversation is pricing. Boom, which also plays a large role in the momentum of a listed property. It does. Yep. And. How would you say? Because I'm sure everybody's wondering out there. How would you say we're pricing homes? differently this year than we did in past years or are we well i mean i don't know that we're necessarily pricing them differently we're we're not trying to price them for like overprice them you know like if we think something might trade above what the data is showing us we're still coming out at that original number and let the market push it up I mean, the key is for us, let the market push it up because that's when our sellers are still seeing um, competitive offers, removing contingencies, possibly paying cash, giving the seller the settlement date that they want and making it as easy on the seller as possible. So, well, the other kiss of death is if you were to be, uh, if you're on the market, you go under contract and you have to come back to the market. And that's one of the, the hardest things to do with the listing 
meaning if it had a lot of contingencies and, you know, buyers these days, if buyer's remorse can just terminate, then you've got to go back to the market. And that that's like the kiss of death. Fix so, everything or disclose everything. Yeah. But the, the, other, the other thing about pricing is we have found if we overprice the property and it sits, buyers are coming through the door, you know, two weeks later, three weeks later, like, well, what's wrong with this property? Why is it still sitting yeah. there? Well, and I think that comes from several years of being in a seller's market with low inventory. So buyers are unfairly judging these homes that have sat longer than three and four days. And so I think that mentality is going to drag into this spring because it's a mentality that we've had. I feel like you and I have been saying this for about two years. And I think because inventory will still be lower, although better, that buyer mentality is going to drag into this spring where they're unfairly judging these houses that have been on for too long, that have been on for more than like five days, six days. But we're also seeing things a little bit differently in our luxury market where things have started to sit a little bit longer maybe two weeks three weeks i mean we have some listings that are longer than that mm -hmm. um i think those buyers though are really taking their time with these larger investments i also find that i think you and i are seeing that these buyers are almost making sure they can utilize the entire property and they're they're very efficient in how they're utilizing these homes so some of these bigger houses if they feel like there's too many spaces that are not workable for them, that's not something they're going to want to take on in a larger home. So isn't it amazing that? Sorry to cut you off. No, isn't it amazing you that cut me off all the time. I'm used to it. Isn't it amazing? I'm start talking and starts and stops. What's that? <laughs> it, excuse me. Isn't it amazing that before the pandemic, pools were kind of like a fifty-fifty? Yeah. And now, if not a negative, I think we started to see a point where pools were a negative. Because like, people were like going away. They had their beach house. They had this. They had that. But how many times did we have young buyers that just didn't want a pool to worry about the, the young kids in a pool? So a I lot. think they started to become a negative right before the pandemic. More a negative than 50-50. Now it's like if we don't have a pool, it's constantly, the questions are constantly. Where's where, the pool? Where can I put my pool? Yeah. Where's my pool going? Yeah. I want to look at a pool cover all winter. Yeah, we say that all the time. I don't, I think it, having been in so many luxury homes like you and I have, we're the ones that always notice the pools in the wintertime and why do we want to look at an ugly cover? And so we're really adamant about where a pool would go if we ever to put a pool in anywhere. And I think buyers don't think of it that way. They're only thinking of it the four months out of the year that it's open. But it's something to think about when it's right in the back of your entertaining space or right outside your kitchen window. So 90% of your time is spent staring at a cover full of leaves and ice and crap. It can double as a trampoline. Depending. <laughs> I mean, how many pictures have we seen with deer trying to walk over pool covers? Like or how many videos? Through it. Dogs. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. But but really, to, to get back on focus on luxury homes, I feel like, and I think we've seen this a lot, that buyers are taking their time to scrutinize these properties and how they're going to really utilize these properties before they make this larger investment. And so are the spaces workable for them? How are they going to use the spaces? And are they going to invest in a large property that has superfluous spaces that they're not going to use? Cool. So to wrap all this up, I mean, <laughs> here we are, end of January, coming into February, Super Bowl Sunday, right around the corner. It is the best time to call the best team in the area and start prepping your home for a spring market tsunami. 
the spring market tsunami yet. The silver tsunami. But I do think, like, the prep being very important, I think it's important to note to consumers and sellers-to-be that it's better to call your real estate professional or to call us earlier in the process because you might think you need to spend ten grand redoing a bathroom floor, and we may say to you, do not worry about the bathroom floor. Nobody cares. But those two windows really should be replaced or this room really should be painted. And that becomes maybe five grand and we've just saved you five grand or we spent that 10 grand much more efficiently that's going to appeal to the buyer pool better. And I think that some sellers think that, oh, I've got to redo this and redo that. And that's not necessarily the case half the time. When we go into a house, we make our honeydew list, which is what we like to call it for you guys. That's what and, you like to call it. Well, you've we. been forced to call it because I call it a honeydew list. <laughs> a honeydew list A and B for sellers and it's like, what is the most important things to do to appeal to the buyer? Well, everyone, thanks for spending your time with us today. And please DM us at That's the Civil Group part. on Instagram with any <laughs> questions you have. And we will address questions at the beginning of our next podcast. Also, any comments, complaints, or concerns, please email Jason at jason.williams at foxroach.com. And he will be getting back to you uh, within weeks. Uh, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more ramblings from the civil group. You totally <laughs> that all up. <laughs> you realize that. You shortened it so much and then you threw in the, the end line when we were trying to extend it. And no that's my, because I say it, so I didn't say it. Okay, Jen. So if you didn't like my ending, why don't you wrap it up with your ending and we can let all the people out, oh all five people God. out there listening <laughs> to the podcast, they can chime in and tell us which ending they preferred. How's that, how's that, I mean, that, you've Jason? already said it all. And these, uh, it's well, just, just everybody it, out there now knows okay. the story of my life. Well, if the ending is yours, end it. If the ending is mine, the ending is mine. Okay, then wrap it up. Well, everybody out there, all five of you, including our parents <laughs> that are listening, um, Thank you for listening to our podcast and stay tuned for more ramblings from the civil group. And Michael civil is so focused, so hyper-focused on making sure to say all of Jen's lines and to step on Jen every place he can, that he has forgotten his wrap up music. So that's even better for Jen that the fact that he thinks he's so smart sitting over there and we got no wrap up music to our ramblings. That's not that's not the the case. Your ending put me to sleep and I forgot what I had to do next because oh, that's I was, what it was I was snoozing. Mm -hmm. I was snoozing cuz Thank it, you for listening and stay that tuned for more was ramblings. A, was a snoozer. From the Civil Group snoozer. Hey Jason. Now Jen's gone. Let's give the people what they want. The closing. Sure.